Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome once again to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. So happy to be here on this Friday. This is my Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 10. And I just want to remind all my listeners that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia, from 5 to 6 p.m. Brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Christie's Cafe. We have a jam-packed show, high school football, all over the Chattahoochee Valley as we get ready to wind down the regular season, and it is starting to feel like playoff time very soon, and I have got so many matchups to talk about in the Chattahoochee Valley to include East Alabama and West Georgia. All right, I do have a poll out on my Twitter page for high school game of the week for week 11. I love doing this because I like to get ahead of the game when I'm picking these polls. And it's clear that you enjoy these polls and you actually get on my Twitter page and you're voting. And even though we haven't even played week 10, there is no question. Well, here are the candidates for high school game of the week. Chambers Academy at Glenwood. That game, Corey and I will actually be calling next week. So I am honored that one of the choices for high school game of the week is one of the games that I'm calling. Then you have Prattville at Central. Prattville, even though they're not from the Chattahoochee Valley, they are 4-2, and 6-2 and two overall. They are still a very good team that has put that Smith Station loss in the rearview mirror. And Central, that is a big region contest between two talented teams. And so that's going to be considered one of the high school games of the week. Doherty, they picked up their first loss in region play as Thomasville won that region. They travel to Otis Spencer Stadium to take on the Carver Tigers. That's going to be a Thursday night game. But I still wanted to include that for high school game of the week. And then... The high school game of the week, looking like with 57% of the votes, Trinity Christian at Troop County. Right now, both teams are undefeated. Troop County still has to play Fayette County, and Trinity Christian still has to play LaGrange. But there's a possible chance that that could be for the region. So go out on Twitter. Go vote for the high school game of the week. I will have the results in next week's show. Also, a reminder that I will have a recap of my top 10 teams for East Alabama and West Georgia. But before we get into the matchups tonight, we did have some Thursday night games last night. First, let's start with Northside because they were on the road and they took on region opponent Drew. They had no problem with Drew 
defeating them 39 to nothing. And the Northside Patriots are 8 and 1 on the season, and they are 3 and 0 in region play. They have not clinched this region just yet because they still have to play McIntosh. McIntosh has one loss right now. So if McIntosh wins out because they take on Harris County in 2 weeks, McIntosh will win the region if they win out because they will have the tiebreaker at Northside. But Northside is in a position to win their first ever region championship in school history. And I am just proud of the work that the Northside Patriots have done this year. Malachi Hosley, he's going to get some recognitions. He has had such a great season. Caden Clay, the talented quarterback, he's had a great season as well. I've really appreciated what Caden Clay has done, what Ashton Wilson has done as a wide receiver. Northside, 8-1. They look impressive. But that is going to be a big game next week when Northside takes on McIntosh. And I'm wondering if that should be considered high school game of the week. All right. That brand new state-of-the-art football stadium down in South Columbus Otis Spencer Stadium. It hosted a football game last night. I saw pictures on Facebook. A shout-out to DJ Jones. Uh, He was the public address announcer last night. And uh, I'm sure I saw pictures in the press box. That looked amazing. However, the Kendrick Cherokees fell to Southwest out of Macon. The Patriots defeated the Cherokees 27-8. And Kendrick... Falls to 0-8 overall, 0-5 in region play. They have got two more games. They play Rutland on the road next week. And then November the 4th, it's a Friday game against the Jordan Red Jackets. Let's go ahead and talk about some of these big games this Friday night. We're going to start with the high school game of the week. You voted for it. I give you the high school game of the week for the sports beat, and it is. Eagles Landing Christian Academy at Callaway. This is a big game for playoff implications. Both teams are undefeated in the region. Ekla comes into this game 4-3 overall, 3-0 in the region. Callaway comes into this game 4-3 overall, 3-0 in the region. Callaway has won four straight games. I know when they started 0-3, the criticism was that, that Callaway might not be back. But Callaway is a good football team that was just playing a lot of tough opponents. They've got a great quarterback. Deshaun Coleman is one high school player of the week for WTVM, and he is going to have the confidence to get Callaway to win this football game. We know about Eagles Landing Christian Academy. We know about their pageantry and their tradition, competing for state titles at single-A private. Now they are in double-A. We get to see strength on strength. We get to see the Chargers of ECLA come into Callaway Stadium. This is a massive game for the Callaway Cavaliers. And the winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat for the region. And their path in the state playoffs will be a little bit easier. You're talking about the difference between hosting playoff games in the first couple of rounds or going on the road. That's how big this game is. And that's how big it is to win this region. Still have some talented teams in this region, including Columbia, including McNair. Callaway still has to play McNair, and Callaway still has to play Landmark Christian. 
You have teams that are trying to fight for their playoff lives. All right, since we're in West Georgia, this time we're going to stay in West Georgia. The high school game of the week is in West Georgia. We are going to go down I-185 to Kennett Stadium where we have a big region game between the Shaw Raiders. 3-5 and five overall, 0-2 in the region, taking on the Hardaway Hawks who are 2-6 and six overall, 1-1 one one in region play. Hardaway picked up their first region game over Westover last week. And they are still alive for the playoffs. Shaw took a heartbreaker to Bainbridge. And this is going to be a very huge game for both teams as they are both 4A opponents that are fighting for their playoff lives. We talked about that game that was held at the Big O, as WRBL's Jack Patterson likes to call it. I love that. That that was pretty awesome. Otis Spencer Stadium is hosting another game tonight as the Spencer Green Wave, 5-2 overall and 4-0 in the region, taking on Northeast out of Macon, who's also 5-2 overall and 4-0 in region play. So let's stay in Georgia, shall we? All right. All right, we are going to start with the LaGrange Grangers, 5-2 overall, 2-2 in the region. They are traveling to Sharpsburg to take on the Trinity Christian Lions, who are 5-2 overall, 4-0 in region play. Trinity Christian, what they have done, very impressive, knocking off Whitewater and Stars Mill. You've got five talented teams that are fighting for four playoff spots. Right now, Troop County is leading the region, but you also have Trinity Christian also tied with Troop County with a 4-0 record. And then Whitewater, Stars Mill, and LaGrange all trying to fight for their playoff lives. LaGrange has already lost to Whitewater and Stars Mill, so they have the tiebreaker. But remember, Stars Mill and Whitewater have to play each other at the end of the year. LaGrange still has to play Troop County at the end of the year. This is a massive road game for the LaGrange Grangers, who at times have looked very impressive. I have been impressed with Devin Brown and Magic Johnson. I know they don't have Malachi Fanning Render. He is out because of injuries. But this Grangers team looks great. And expect Granger Nation to make the trip to Sharpsburg to take on the Trinity Christian Lions. And they get to see those purple lights every time the Lions score a touchdown. It should be a lot of fun. And you got Noonan tonight taking on undefeated Langston Hughes. That should be a very fun and exciting game for the Noonan Cougars. All right, we are going to stay in Fayette County where Troop County is on the road. 7-0 on the season as they were fresh off their bye. Teo Todd is just an incredible quarterback. You want to experience the Teo Todd experience. I saw him in person. He's not just a dual-threat quarterback. He's a great pocket passer as well. We have a very big game in single A. And this was, at one time, I thought this was going to be the high school game of the week. It is the high school game of the week for WRBL and WTVM. But remember, my high school game of the week is based on your votes on Twitter. So... Good job by the Callaway Cavaliers for stuffing the ballot box. But we have Schley County going up to Manchester, taking on the Manchester Blue Devils. Both teams are 5-2 and two and 4-0 and oh in the region. So the winner of this game, it's going to be clear that they're going to win this region. As we get closer to the end of the regular season, 
a lot of these games are going to determine who wins the region. And so even though they had a slow start, both teams, once they hit region play, they just hit the ground running. Some other teams in the region, Taylor County. Taylor County's 2-5 and five overall, 1-1 one one in region play. They're taking on Marion County, who's 1-6. You have Chaco. Chaco has had a tough season, but after getting the win over Marion County last week, Chaco is 3-4 and four overall and 0-2 and in region play. They're taking on Macon County. Some of the other games, you got St. Abicelli on a bye. The Jordan Red Jackets traveling to Macon to take on Central of Macon. They are 1-6 overall. The Jordan Red Jackets 0-7. They've had a tough season so far. Harris County is on the road in Noonan to take on Northgate. Harris County 1-6 overall, but they are 0-1 in region play. They still got to play Northgate. They still got to play Drew. They still got to play McIntosh. Harris County has a shot, even at 1-6, to still make the playoffs. And Northgate is 1-1 in the region. You have Brookstone, 4-3, taking on Westfield School. So last night, Whitewater drubbed North Clayton 64 to nothing. And so Whitewater increases their playoff chances by getting a big win. And then you have Stars Mill taking on Riverdale tonight as well. East Coweta is on a bye this week. You got the Greenville Patriots taking on Central of Talbotton. Bird County is taking on Mount Zion. So many great matchups in the state of Georgia. Now let's move over to the other side of the river in East Alabama where Auburn, after losing to Central last week 38-17, they still can win the division. They just need some help. They are taking on a Prattville Lions team. That is 6-2 overall, 4-2 in the region. Prattville is really a good team. I've seen Cameron Shanks in person. He is a playmaker for the Prattville Lions. I was able to be in attendance when Smith Station upset Prattville. And Prattville has a very good team that just slipped up against a Smith Station Panthers team on the road. But Prattville is always tough at home. This is going to be a very interesting game to see. And then you have the Opelika Bulldogs, also on the road against the Dothan Wolves. Opelika is 5-4 overall, 4-3 in the region. Dothan, 5-3 overall, 3-3 in the region. This game could determine who makes it into the playoffs. This is a huge game for both teams. Should be interesting. Central is on a bye this week. You have Smith Station. They are 1-7 overall, 1-5 in region. It's homecoming. They're taking on the Generals of Robert E. Lee, who have yet to win a game. They are 0-8 overall and 0-6 in region play. The Russell County Central of Clay County game is going to be the game that Corey and I will be at tonight. Russell County got a huge win over Park Crossing 48-22 last week. And congratulations to Robert Calhoun for winning Player of the Week for AHSAA for the 6A region for his performance against the Thunderbirds of Park Crossing. He threw for two touchdown passes, passed for over 200 yards. And Robert Calhoun, he's only a junior. He's going to continue getting better for this Russell County Warriors team. So I'm looking forward to calling that game. And it is homecoming. 
So we expect to see a lot of the Russell County alumni out at the game. They're going to have a tailgate for the alumni before kickoff. Should be a lot of fun. Glenwood, they're 5-3 and three overall, 5-1 and one in the region. They have a very tough road matchup against Morgan Academy, who's 5-3 and three overall, 4-2 and two in the region. And Lee Scott Academy, they are still undefeated, looking at the way they have beaten all their opponents. I mean, they beat Chambers Academy 34 to nothing, and Chambers Academy is 6 and 2. Glenwood was their biggest test and they beat them 35 to 16. Just the way that Lee Scott Academy is beating these opponents, they're taking on a Fort Dale Academy team fighting for their playoff lives. They're 3 and 5. Chambers Academy, they're taking on Hooper Academy. Chambers is 6 and 2 overall and they're taking on Hooper Academy that's 2 and 6. We have a border war, a rare Border War this late in the season as Eufaula, 7-2 overall, taking on Early County. That's 7-1 overall. And then Valley, Valley's having a tough season, 3-5 overall, 1-4 in the region, taking on Carroll, who is 5-3. Beauregard, so they lost to Central Clay County last week for their first loss of the season. Uh, they can weather the storm. And they, and they got Jemison tonight, who's 2-6. and six. They should be able to get that win. Lynette still alive for the playoffs. 4-5. Four 4-5 and, five. Four and five on the season, taking on the Jaguars of Barber County, who are 0-9. Lynette can get to 500, and they can make a playoff push. Now, here's a massive game. I really wanted this game to be high school game of the week, but for some reason, these high school game of the weeks have to be in town when it comes to the Chattahoochee Valley. Real town, 7-1 on the year, taking on Highland Home, who's 9-0, and both teams are undefeated in the region. Real town has won seven straight games. You got Calhoun taking on Notasaga. Notasaga's had a tough year. Calhoun's 1-7, Notasaga's 0-8. You got Lochapoca taking on Billingsley. Lochapoca lost their first game of the year last week as they lost to Maplesville. They are 7-1 and one on the year. You got Lafayette, 2-6 on the year, taking on Laverne, who is 5-4. and four. And then how about Randolph County? Randolph County's got a huge region game against the Dadeville Tigers. Randolph County's 8-0 on the season. Remember, this team only won one game last year. They're taking on Dadeville, who's 7-0. This is a huge game, and I know these two schools are on the outskirts of the Chattahoochee Valley, but I want to just give them some love. All right, I think it's about that time to recap my top 10 for East Alabama and West Georgia. So here we go. Number one, Lee Scott Academy. All right, Central fans, I know that you've been criticizing me on Twitter about putting Lee Scott Academy ahead of you guys. Look, I know if you two played on a neutral field that Central would probably beat Lee Scott Academy. But that's not how I do my rankings. I do my rankings based on path to the state championship. Look at what Lee Scott Academy has done against all their opponents. They beat Chambers Academy 34-0, and Chambers is 6-2. I love your enthusiasm. I appreciate you guys paying attention to my rankings i'm just glad that red devil nation cares but lee scott academy is number one just for that reason eight and zero on the season they take on fort dale academy 
tonight. And then they take on Edgewood Academy to close out the season next week. And I think Lee Scott Academy is going to win a state championship. I honestly feel that way. Number two. All right, Central, where you at? Seven and two. Don't be fooled by their record. Central had a statement win against the Auburn Tigers, 38-17 at Garrett Harrison Stadium last week. Not only was that a huge win for the region, but Central is in the driver's seat. They're back at number one. Central is going to make a huge run to the state title. You look at their two losses. It was an overtime loss to Opelika, and then they lost on national television to IMG Academy. Central still has to play Prattville. They're on a bye this week, and Central plays Prattville to close out the regular season next week. And that actually is a candidate for high school game of the week for next week. Number three, Auburn, the Auburn Tigers. They take on Prattville on the road today. It's going to be a tough game. And then they close out the regular season against Smith Station at the Duck. Auburn is going to be right there. Possibly going to be in the same bracket with Central, and we could see another semifinal game between Central and Auburn. I got Auburn number three because they lost to Central, and I know their record is a little bit better, but Central does have the strength of schedule, especially beating Hewitt Trustful, and Auburn did beat Hoover, which, by the way, Hoover's taking on Thompson tonight. Number one versus number two. Incredible. Number four, the Hanley Tigers. Look, Hanley... They're in second place in their region. They did lose to Anniston, but they beat Claiborne County last week. They're 8-1 overall, 4-1 in the region. Hanley is hosting Mumford tonight, and then they will have a bye next week, and they will take on West Blockton on November the 4th. Number five, Lochapoca. I know that Lochapoca lost their first game last week to Maplesville. The poke away is still working. Head coach Rico Newton has got this team fired up. J.C. Hart, the Auburn commit. Lochapoca, still a great team. They beat their crosstown rival, Notasaga, this year. And they are ready to make a state title run. 7-1 overall, 5-1 in the region. They're in a tie with Verbena, but they could still get that second place if they just win out. And that is what Lochapoca has got to do. They're taking on Billingsley to close out their season but they do have the tiebreaker against Verbena. So they just win this game, they get to second place. Number six, Beauregard. Beauregard lost their first game of the season last week, losing to Central of Clay County. But Beauregard is 7-1 overall, 4-1 in the region, taking on Jameson tonight. Number seven, the Eufaula Tigers, 7-2 overall, losing to Charles Henderson last week, but they are have a border war tonight taking on Early County. Early County is 7-1 on the season. Number 8, moving up in the rankings, Chambers Academy. They got a huge 56-20 victory over Macon East Montgomery Academy. And Chambers Academy, 6-2 overall, 3-0 in their region. Taking on Hooper Academy tonight, and then they close out the regular season next week against Glenwood in a non-region game. Number nine, Realtown. You know, since Realtown lost to Tallahassee to start the season, the Realtown Rebels have won six straight, and they are 6-0 in their region. They take on Highland Home tonight, 9-0 on the season, 
And then they will take on Zion Chapel for a non-region game next week. The Realtown Rebels are looking good. And that's why I got them in my rankings. Number 10, and new to the rankings, the Glenwood Gators. Even though they started the year 0-2, they are 5-3 overall, 5-1 in the region. Taking on a big region opponent, Morgan Academy, tonight. And that will close out the region. They get a win here. They get second place. And they are on a clear path to make the playoffs. But Glenwood has had a great season so far. Taking on Chambers Academy next week. All right, that was East Alabama. Now let's go to West Georgia. Number one, Troop County. 7-0 on the season. Fresh off their bye, they travel to Fayette County to take on Fayette County. Can't overlook this team because next week in a potential high school game of the week matchup between the Trinity Christian Lions, Troop County is looking good. Teo Todd is as good as advertised. He is a human highlight film for the Troop County Tigers. Number two, St. Ambicelli. St. Ambicelli is on a bye this week, but they have a massive home game at Dymel Field next week against Heritage out of Noonan. St. Ampicelli is 7-1, and one, and they look like they're on a clear path to make a huge state playoff run for the GIAA. Number three, the Carver Tigers. Carver is 5-2 on the season after beating Crisp County 30-20 last week. They have got a big matchup on the road against Monroe tonight. Carver is 5-2 overall, 2-1 in the region. And even though Thomasville has won this region, Carver takes on Doherty next week, and that could determine whether or not Carver can get second place in this region. Number four, the Callaway Cavaliers. Four and three on the year, three and zero oh in the region. They have won four straight. Deshaun Coleman is one high school player of the week for WTVM, and they have a massive game, which is the Sports Beats High School Game of the Week against Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Both teams undefeated in this region. I got LaGrange at number five. LaGrange is five and two overall. Two and two in region play. Look, there are two losses to Stars Mill on a two-point conversion 25 to 24. And then they lose to Whitewater 29 to 21. I know that LaGrange is fighting for their playoff lives and they have a very tough schedule taking on Trinity Christian tonight. And then in two weeks they're taking on Troop County, but they control their own destiny. They win out, and they're going to the playoffs. Number six, the Northside Patriots. They pushed their record to 8-1 and one after an impressive 39-0 win over Drew. And Northside, led by Caden Clay, the quarterback, Malachi Hosley, the running back, can win their first region championship, but it's not clinched yet. They have got to beat McIntosh. McIntosh can win out and get the tiebreaker against Northside. And they just need a little bit of help from Harris County as well. But I got the Northside Patriots at number six. Number seven, the Spencer Green Wave. Five and two overall, four and oh in the region. They have a huge region game tonight at Otis Spencer Stadium against Northeast, who also has a five and two overall record as they are four and oh in the region as well. The winner of this game, will be in the driver's seat to win the region. And the Spencer Green Wave has looked impressive so far as Gary Gaither, the leading passer in 4A, leading this team 
out to the charge. And I expect a big crowd at Otis Spencer Stadium tonight cheering on the Spencer Green Wave. Number eight, Shalai County. Shalai County is 5-2 and two overall, 4-0 and oh in the region. One of the top teams for single A getting ready for their showdown against Manchester. Which, by the way, number nine, Manchester. Same identical record as Schley County. 5-2 overall, 4-0 in the region. Winner of this game is going to win the region. And, of course, the winner of this game will jump up in my rankings as well. Number 10, I got the Brookstone Cougars. They're 4-3. and three. They've had a tough test. They did lose to St. Ampicelli. But they've shown some heart. They came back in that game. And Brookstone taking on Westfield School. But they did get a win over Crawford County last week. The Brookstone Cougars still looks like they're going to make the playoffs. I'm looking forward to just this regular season winding down as we get ready to start the playoffs. That was my top 10 for East Alabama and West Georgia. Stay tuned for Monday's show as I will reveal my new top 10 rankings for after week 10. So you don't want to miss it. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank as we will recap that Russell County Park Crossing game and preview the upcoming Russell County Central of Clay County game tonight for homecoming down at the county. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to the show. I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, as we are going to recap the Russell County Park Crossing game last week. We're going to preview this upcoming homecoming game between Russell County and Central Clay. Corey, looking forward to calling this game with you. I know we're getting close to the end. We only got a couple more games left to call. Uh, How are you feeling this morning? I'm doing great, Richard. I'm looking forward to calling this game with you tonight. All right, so we witnessed, in my time that I've actually called Russell County games, because I was the public address announcer for them last season, that was the most points I ever seen Russell County put up on an opponent. And they defeated Park Crossing 48-22. to In my mind, Corey, it was a complete game. Congratulations to quarterback Robert Calhoun for winning player of the week for 6A. Drew Pickett had a coming-out party. If he wasn't already a talent, two rushing touchdowns. And then we saw the emergence of Denver Harper as a slot-wide receiver. And Russell County, even though their season is over as far as playoffs, they pick up a region win. They win their second game of the season, and now they want to carry this momentum into homecoming against Central Clay County. But, Corey, what was your impressions of that big Russell County win over the Thunderbirds of Park Crossing? The crucial aspects of that football game, one, they were truly getting it done on the ground game. So that offense line was doing a great job all night long last week. They're opening up the holes for Drew Pickett. Man, Drew Pickett was hitting the holes really hard and well. He he was finding the creases in the defense, and he was able to get in the end zone. Uh, In regards to another guy who stepped up, that was Kelston Popcorn Tarver. When he had his opportunities carrying the football, he truly proved himself. uh, Getting in between the tackles and with a dynamic player making plays, A.J. Black stepped up and made some plays. We saw him do some great plays through jet sweeps. And catching the football, Cameron Bullock stepped up. And throughout the season, 
He has been the leading receiver in terms of receiving yards on the team. He had a great day. Uh, Don Quavius Crawford. I think he has been impeccable all year long, but especially in last week's game. They had him lined up at safety. They had him lined up at a corner. I mean, he was showing that he is truly a Swiss Army knife, a ball hawk of a defensive back, and he was playing defenders very, very well. But the thing is, Richard, the story, the story of this game was the fact that their defensive line really stepped up. It didn't matter if it was James Todd. It didn't matter if it was, in that regard, uh, Devin Presley, Jordan Williams, and and a guy who stepped up the senior night, who my personal opinion had the best game he played all year, that was Jimmy Robinson. He had a couple sacks in the game. And, man, he was tenacious to the football. He played out of his mind. Like you said, Robert Calhoun, 6A player of the week. It was definitely the best game he played. Every single week, he's only in his junior season. He's been truly improving and maturing as a quarterback. We saw him make some really amazing reads, throwing the ball vertical down the field. Stuff we haven't seen really that much that much this year. The fact that he was able to do that means that his pocket presence and precision has been stepping up all year long. This is the perfect time for him to make this transition going into senior year next year, Richard. It was a great performance by a bunch of seniors, and including a pick six. I mean, I remember the, the Corey, you and I called that, and that was just an incredible call. It uh, was. I was trying to remember who actually got that pick six. I'm it kidding. was Calvin Williams. Calvin Williams picked off that pass, and he took it for six. My goodness, that was probably some of the most fun that we've had all year calling that play-by-play, play, the excitement. We knew that that was the game. That, 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 put, that put the game away, and that was just a testament to how they played in last week's game. Now, Park Crossing had some playmakers. They utilized Solomon Beebe in the second half. He was their Swiss Army knife, their wide receiver. They put him in at quarterback, so they were doing a lot of direct snap, but he could also throw the football. And when they were running the football with Terry Ware Jr., Park Crossing actually did move the football, and that was something that Russell County had to make adjustments for in that second half. That was really incredible. Like I, I like even though the Park Park Crossing team is a winless team, like you said, but Solomon Beebe and Terry Ware, Terry Ware, that whole second half, he was just driving the pile and keeping that team alive. At one point in time, that Thunderbird team didn't quit, so you have to give it to them. But Terry Ware is just running in between the tackles and driving. Defenders off the ball and gain those extra yards. He was carrying defenders, Richard. You saw this. And Solomon Beebe, what an athlete. Because we saw him get outside the tackle box and get to the outside and use his speed and showed exactly why. He is a dynamic player for them. He looked like I made a comparison inside the broadcast that he looked like Taysom Hill because they lined him up in different places. They lined him up. As a receiver, a lot of running back, they asked him 
to be a quarterback, and he was everything for the Thunderbirds team. All right, Corey, so we are calling a big game tonight as Russell County is taking on Central of Clay County out of Lineville. This is a non-region game. In fact, Central of Clay is a 5A team. They're 6-2 and two on the year, and they look like they're going to make the playoffs for 5A. This is a classification that's one down from Russell County, and this is a good team. You're going to see strength on strength because even though Russell County is 6A, Central of Clay County, they beat Beauregard last week. They are 5-0. and They're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs for 5A. You've got a lot of talented teams in 5A. They beat Valley 12-6. That was a team that beat Russell County. So Central of Clay County, I'm looking at their record. They lost to Hanley 26-15. Hanley won the state title in 2020. They are a state title contender. They lost to Benjamin Russell, but they have beaten some very impressive teams to include Tallahassee. But Russell County, it's their homecoming. They want to go out. They want to finish the year strong. They have a final road game, which actually got moved to Thursday night. They're playing Greenville on the road next week. It would be nice for Russell County just to finish the season strong, take on some 5A opponents, there's a reason why Russell County's 6A because of the reclassification and of the student body and the enrollment. I mean, they dress more than 90 players on their team, but this is a very tough opponent they're playing tonight. What are the key factors? What can Russell County do to get a victory over the volunteers of Central of Clay County? In order to do so, one, they're going to have to establish the run game early. So from the opening whistle, they're going to have to – the offense line is going to have an p- impeccable game. They're going to have to open up holes for the running lanes for the likes of the running backs of Drew Pickett and Kelson Tarver. Both these guys are going to have to be dynamic more than just the run game. They're also going to have to be amazing in the screen game. Get them outside. And when it comes to running between the tackles, both these guys – They are both physical specimens of runners, and they're going to have to average right near five yards a clip if they're going to have a chance to stay with this team in that regard. Another guy who is going to have to step up, he's going to have to have a game like he did last week, and that's quarterback Robert Calhoun. Because as we're going further into the year, we're seeing that he's actually becoming more of a dual-threat quarterback. And that right there is very promising. Yes, he likes to get outside the tackle box, but we've seen him really make the throws over the middle field. We're going to have to be proficient in running the slant routes, but we're also going to have to get on outside of hashes. He's got to use all his receivers. So it's going to be Cameron Bullock, Jaqueline Marshall. Denver Harper is going to have to continue to step up. He's been great emerging within the last couple weeks, or the last month of the season. And A.J. Black's going to have to show exactly why he's dynamic. Those three guys are going to be major targets for Robert Calhoun. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, their defensive line's going to have to step up. They're going to have to get the penetration in the backfield early and often. So that means they're no in, in the nose. So the J, James Todd's going to have to uh, have a big day. Jimmy Robertson is going to have to continue picking up exactly where he left off last week in that regard, 
Uh, Devin Presley is going to have to fill the holes. That's going to be a very, that's going to be a very big question in the game because the team when they're playing against, uh, they like to go in between the tackle box, and Devin Presley is going to have to fill those holes. Jordan Williams is going to have to be a great athletic outside linebacker that he is. So he's going to have to survey the field and take the proper angles to the football in both outside running game and the pass coverage in that regard. And then an X factor, and we know this is this is the X factor of the defensive backs. Talked about him earlier in the segment, Don Quavius Crawford. He's going to have to lock down. Doesn't matter if it's an X wide receiver. It doesn't matter if it's a Y. It doesn't matter if it's a slot. And it sure doesn't matter if it's a wheel route, if it's a running back coming out of the backfield. Don Quavius Crawford is going to have to step up. Swiss Army Knife. Doesn't matter if he lines up as a safety. Doesn't matter if he lines them up in any one of those other positions as a defensive back. He's going to have to make a lot of incredible open field tackles, keep them alive in that regard. And then another guy who stepped up last week with what we talked about earlier in the segment, Calvin Williams. He's going to have to make sure that these balls do not go over his head because they're going to test them. They will test them, and that's what needs to be done in, for the analysis of this team. They got to blitz. They got to blitz well. They got to play great zone coverage. They got to get penetration in the backfield and defense, and they must be physical in this game. All right, let's talk about Glenwood. They're on the road tonight against Morgan Academy. Glenwood is 5-3 and three on the year, 5-1 and one in the AISA for A. At least Scott Academy is, is already won this region. But Glenwood has looked like they've clinched the playoff berth. They're going to go to the playoffs. They have one final region game. And we're going to be at the Swamp next week to call Chambers Academy and Glenwood for the final regular season game. It's a non-region game. But Glenwood can clinch second place in this region. They're looking amazing. The last time we were actually at the Swamp, they shut out Monroe Academy and Glenwood got a very tough road win against Atuga Academy last week. What has impressed you most about the Glenwood Gators? I mean, I'll I'll start. I I believe that the Burton brothers, you know, you talked about them a lot on this show, Dallas Crow. I mean, and they also have a very good defense, starting with their leader on the defensive side of the football, Lane Briggs. Certainly, it's true. I mean, Lane Briggs has been all over the field. But guys, you can't forget about on that defense that's been really pivotal all year long for that Glenwood Gator team, Samaje Williams, number seven. Samaje Williams is one of the most athletic defensive ends in his classification. I've seen them line up in a wide nine. I've seen them do uh, rip moves on the inside, swim moves on the outside, and he, the guy's a physical specimen, an absolute monster in terms of a defensive end. That's incredible. Another guy, Richard, I think he's one of the best defensive backs in all, all the classification as well, Camden White. The Camden White is the anchor of that defensive backfield. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of teams that can throw the ball over them, and he seems like he is always there to the football, whether it's a run, I've seen him step up on, on designed uh, safety blitzes 
where he's coming right up the field and he's meeting right with the ball carries and and literally in the hole where a linebacker would be. It's very stout there. Dallas Crow. It seems like every single game he's playing, he is getting better and better. Dynamic in the RPO game. Giving it to JT Banks or keeping it himself. We've seen him torch defenses this year. Running all through them, running the football. Not only that, in that last game we saw him call, though we, we called, we saw we saw him play. We saw him throw dynamic balls to both Burton brothers, and we've seen him test the long ball. Dallas Crow is showing that he is a polished quarterback, and he's only becoming better and better throughout the entire season. And how can we forget their dynamic back, hard-running, nose north and south runner through the holes, and then he can get on the outside, JT Banks. JT Banks has been a crucial point of that offense. So it seems like when you have a key player at all the different levels, the defense and the depth, all the way through, and their offensive line is giving Dallas Crow an open pocket to throw the football and running lanes to run through. So all around that team, Richard, they are a promising team as they're heading into the playoffs. All right, Smith Station has got their homecoming game tonight. They're taking on Robert E. Lee. The generals of Robert E. Lee have yet to win a game. Smith Station has had a tough season, 1-7 and seven on the year. They dropped a Saturday morning game to Jefferson Davis in Montgomery, 42-14. to 14. But they could pick up a win against the generals for homecoming. And I know that their season is over as far as playoff implications. But this Miss Station Panthers team, we've saw them twice. We saw them knock off Prattville. They have heart. They don't give up. Head coach Mike Glisson has got a decent team that is really fighting for their lives in 7A. I mean, they have so many teams, especially Dothan has improved this year. You have Jefferson Davis has won three games. I mean, every team in this region fights every day. To They fight every week to try to gain ground, and it's a gauntlet of a region. But uh, when you look at Smith Station, what do you see that makes them so competitive where they just don't want to quit? What makes them so competitive is that they are always fighting in the trenches. So that means on both the offensive line side of the ball and defensive line side of the ball, they will fight to the bitter end and play for their team. Now, in regards to their best player, that would be Devin Pierman. Devin Pierman is as good as any player that we have called and seen all year long. All you have to do is get him some space. He finds a crease. He's going to make you pay with his speed. We've seen him return kicks pretty far for touchdowns. We have seen him line up on the at the X and Y positions, and they've been able to throw the ball over the top to him because of his dynamic speed. They've also we've also seen him run bubble screens. On his bubble screens, he finds a little seam in the defense, makes a little cut move inside, or even on the outside part of the hash, he's gone. 
And then you have a quarterback like Jackson Greer. Jackson Greer is best when he is running that RPO because he's actually a little bit more mobile than we imagine him to be. And as long as they have those two guys playing well and Quentin Brooks being able to run the football, that's dynamic uh, three players, they have a chance. Corey, I am looking forward to calling that game with you tonight. Homecoming down in the county. The Russell County Warriors taking on Central of Clay out of Lineville. It should be fun. Absolutely, Richard. Always a pleasure. All right. That was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 10. And so for Richard Holdridge, I am Corey Banks. The season is almost done. We've got Week 11 next week. Stay tuned for that. Looking forward to all the high school football games tonight, and I hope that you have a great rest of your weekend. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdridge. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.